Today we start a series um, that Pastor Israel and I will go, go through for the next three weeks entitled Together. And this series is specifically designed to be able to lead us into our small group sign-up that will take place um, next Sunday and the Sunday after that. And you're going to, we want to emphasize the importance of community and the importance of togetherness that we are not intended, we're not designed to walk through life alone. Amen. Not designed to walk through life alone. And I want to break this down for us today with the help of the Lord. Uh, everything, the, the outline is found on the Version app, and you can follow along. The scriptures will be up on uh, the screen here for your convenience. Today I want to focus on one word, and it's stronger. Stronger. So stronger together. There will be one word that we're going to attach to together each week. Today's word is stronger. I want to focus on a story found in three of the Gospels. And, and it's important for us to know uh, that we serve a healing Jesus. Amen. We serve a healing Jesus. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, it says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. So picture this with me. The house is so full, it's jam-packed. The yard got full. Because there was, not, there was not even room outside the door. And the Bible says, and he preached the word to them. Now more than ever, we need his word. We need his word in, in, in a society that constantly wants to give us opinions. And wants to give us their thoughts and wants to give us their sides. We need the word of God. It, it is still true today. When people ask, what's your opinion on this and what are your thoughts on this and, and what, what side are you on? I said, what I think is not important. What does God's word say? What does God's word say? We need his word. His word brings freedom. His word brings healing. His word brings deliverance. His word brings restoration. So here you have the living word preaching the word. And the Bible says some men came. Bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. What an interesting statement made by Jesus to this man who came, obviously because he needed physical healing in his body. But Jesus addresses the most important thing first. Thank God for the forgiveness of sins. That even though my body will live a few years here on this earth, but Jesus gets to the root cause of man's fall, and he says, your sins are forgiven. I know you have a need. I know there's pain in your body. I know that you're, you're not able to walk. I know that there's worry on your mind, but the most important thing I want to deal with, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. 
I'm grateful for the forgiveness that only comes from Jesus. That in him all things are made new. That in him we are new creations. Where would I be today? Where would you be today if it were not for the sacrifice of Jesus that is able to forgive our sins? Because he's the only one that can wipe the slate clean. Now some of the teachers, the Bible says, were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Little did they know. Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. Isn't that, isn't that incredible that they're thinking it and Jesus knows it and addresses it. Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, get up, take up your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth. Isn't that a great reminder for us today? That in a world full of chaos, he still has authority here on earth. He is still the authority today. The Son of Man, he says, has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up. And can I stop and ask the question, what has you down right now? What has you knocked down? Can I just tell you, get up from it? Get up from the lie? Who told you that? Who told you that you would never be better? Who told you that you would never experience all that God has for you? Who told you that lie? Get up from the lie. Get up from the deception. Get up from the depression. Get up from your failure. Get up from your mistake. You can start over today in Jesus. I'm grateful for that hope that even though it's August the 27th, it can be the first day of the rest of your life today if we just made up our minds and take him at his word. He said, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. Everybody saw what was taking place. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen Anything like this. That's encouraging. And I want to take that story that we just read and use a verse that's found in the book of Proverbs and be able to connect these. Proverbs 17, 17, it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Because let's just... Address the elephant in the room. There are times in life and there are places in life. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about emotionally, our state of being, where our, what our thought process is, where we're at emotionally and psychologically. There are places in life where we feel like we're stuck. I'll go a little bit further and say there are moments that we feel like we're just flat on our back. Help less. Not being able to progress, not being able to, to accomplish what we are hoping to do so, and we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. And for those moments, for those low moments in life, God has placed people in our lives. God intends for us to have people in our lives, should I say, for those moments. That we need a friend 
We need friends. We need people in our circle that aren't just around for the celebrations. But we need some people that are in it for the long haul. We need some people that are in it for the hard times. When words wouldn't make a difference that we could just wrap our arms around somebody and just say, I'm here for you. We need some friends for the struggles in life. But not just that. We're not, I, I don't want it to just be a prayer for us to say, God, give me friends like that. But can I just challenge us to collectively, starting with myself, to be a friend like that? Would people call me first if they have a challenge before us? Can, can you ask yourself the question? I'm asking myself the question. Are people going to call me first or am I going to be the last one to know? I want to be a friend that you can pick up the phone and call and you know that I'm going to pray with you right there and there. I want to be that friend also. That I, I need a friend that when I'm down that somebody says I'm going to be right here with you. I, I, we'll figure it out. We're going to get through it together. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave your side. I need a brother that is born for times of adversity. Somebody that can come alongside me and say, I know it's tough right now. I know I, I don't have the answers for you. I don't have all the eloquent words or all the, the nice words to say. But I'm just going to tell you I'm right here. I'm going to put my arm around you. And I'm going to love on you, and I'm going to care for you, and I'm going to be here for you, and I'm going to encourage you, and I'm going to tell you that you're not going to, yeah, it's tough, and it's ugly, and it's nasty, but you don't have to go through this alone. I love this story. I love this story in Mark. And with that in mind, can I ask the question, have you ever had anything stand in your way? Have you ever had anything just come at you and just rear its ugly head at you and if you feel like you can't do anything until this is taken care of? Have you ever had anything stand in the way of you and progress or of you and attaining something? The Bible tells us of this one particular man who's laying on his back. The Bible does not give us his name, but, but we do understand his condition. This poor man. Anything he needed, someone had to come and give it to him. Anything he asked for, someone had to come and help him. There was no hope. It was a life of boredom. It was a life of bed sores. It was a life of frustration. And I dare to say it was a life of loneliness. Stuck in the same place. While... His friends were advancing, stuck in the same place. Many of us feel like our lives are in the same cycle. If it's not one thing, it's the other. Have you ever felt like that? If it's not one thing, it's the other. If it's not something going on with me, it's something going on in the family. And if it's not my family, it's my job. And it just seems like everywhere I turn, one thing right after the other. One thing right after the other. One. Maybe this describes your life today. And you just feel stuck in a routine. And just doing the same thing over and over again because you know nothing different. Everywhere you turn. If it's not your past, it's your present. 
And if it's not your present, it's the worry about the future. Everywhere you look and everywhere you go, the scene may change on the exterior, but the scene doesn't change on the interior. You're stuck. This man had a lot going against him. And maybe you can relate here today. But while in the midst of all of this, in the middle of all of this, he had one thing going for him. He had one, going, one thing going for him. He had friends. He had friends. He had real friends. Not superficial friends, real friends. He had faith-filled friends, believing friends. Friends that would say, yes, you've been like this a while. Yes, you've been stuck. Yes, you've been depressed. Yes, you've had bad sores. Yes, you've been in this condition for a while. But there is a man named Jesus. And he's just right down the street. And if we can just get you into his presence, everything can change. There's this man named Jesus, and he's just down the road. Can I tell you that we need people in our lives that we can lean on? We need people in our lives that when I can't do anything for myself, I have friends that are faith-filled that don't come and say, well, maybe you should give up. And maybe you should be frustrated. And maybe you should think of something else to do. I need friends that can say, you know what? God is with us, and I'm going to be right here with you also. So these four friends go to this go for their friend, and there's the, you understand from reading the scripture that there's people that the house is full, that the yard is full, maybe the cul-de-sac is full, who knows? But there's people standing in the way. We don't know these guys' names, but we know that they were committed. We know that they were courageous. And even though they didn't get to go in through or walk in through the obvious door, that wasn't enough to discourage them. Can I tell you, we need friends that are not easily discouraged. I know I need somebody in my life that says, I know it looks impossible, but, but hey, let's get to the roof. What do you mean, let's get to the roof? You know, it, it was the impulsive friend. Every group has one. There's one in every crowd. You, you have the friend that says, it doesn't matter that Taco Tote is four hours away. Let's drive to El Paso. We can come back tomorrow. No, that, that only happened in our circle. You need an impulse, but you need a faith-filled impulsive friend. We need faith-filled, impulsive friends that, that say, I, it doesn't matter if I can't go through the door. We're still going to find a way because it doesn't negate the fact that Jesus is here. And I, and I have to, I have to stop and, and explain this because this was a bold move on their part because the Bible tells us uh, that, that not only are they about to destroy the roof of somebody's house, not only are they about to interrupt Jesus, not only are they about to do all those things, but the Bible tells us that this was a meeting of very important people. Luke 5.17 tells us that Pharisees and teachers of the law uh, had come from different villages, uh, from Galilee and from Judea and from Jerusalem. They're 
sitting there. So these are important people. Some may have traveled as much as a few days on the road just to get there because they want to know what this new teacher has to say. They want to know what his message is. So this is a serious meeting with some serious people. But it doesn't stop them. And the paralytic and his friends are about to crash this party. But you know, the paralytic's friend, this, this man, his friends don't care. They don't care if they ruin the roof. They don't care if they upset the meeting. They don't care who's in the house with Jesus. All they care about is two things. They have a friend who's sick. They have a friend who's been in this condition for long enough. And they know the second thing is that Jesus can heal them. Nothing else matters. Nothing else is of importance. And while others might have given up, there has to be someone who is relentless, someone who's willing to press on, someone who's not willing to give up easily, someone who, who can face resistance and refuse to die in the situation. There has to be somebody in my life that can tell me there is a way out. There is a way out. The Canaanite woman in the Bible, she would have given up if she had just been discouraged easily. She wouldn't have received. Her daughter would not have received her miracle. It takes someone who's willing to stay at the feet of Jesus and stay there until he answers, until he says something. So these men said, if I can't get in the door, we're going to get in one way or the other. We're going to get one way and the other. So the Bible tells us that they started digging because the roofs as we know them today were not is, uh, different types. And, and there's, there's, they start digging with their hands. And here what takes place is a breakthrough. They're breaking through the obstacle. And the interesting part about this that a breakthrough sometimes requires a little bit of work on our end. They lowered their friend into a room that they would never step into. That's, that's a true friend. Give me friends who are like that. And Lord, would you help me be a friend like that? These four friends, they didn't... They were not the ones saying, I want to be in Jesus. They were, they were not so selfish in themselves that they just said, the one who really needs it is him. Can I pray for somebody? Could I put my needs aside and pray for somebody when they need it? The Bible says that Jesus saw their faith, plural. It was a group faith. And he said, your sins are forgiven. Take up your mat and walk. The mat that had confined this man for years, the mat that had defined this man, is no more. A man's life is changed forever because of Jesus, no doubt, but because there were four friends who were willing to do for him what he couldn't do for himself. Are there people in your life that can carry you in a difficult time? Four came carrying one. 
That's how they came into the situation. But I love how the situation, the story ends. We understand that five left carrying a mat. Carrying the past. You know that past condition that you haven't been able to shake. That past struggle that you haven't been able to put a, a, a period to. That past that defined them. They left carrying it. Could it be that there are some of us here today, spiritually speaking and emotionally speaking, psychologically speaking, that we are on a mat? We're on a mat. It's a limited range of motion. Same thing, same thing, different day. It's just a routine. It's just stuck. What would happen in your life if you could surround yourself with people that could lift you up, spiritually speaking, and pray for you? And believe God with you. Two are better than one. Surround yourself with faith-filled people as we head into small groups. Surround yourself with faith-filled people. Don't do life on your own. Let someone know what you're going through. Let someone help you pray for what you're praying for on your own. It does not have to be on your heart and your heart only. Surround yourself with faith-filled people. We need the power of relationships. We need each other. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says this. It's better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work. Share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. I need somebody to pick me up when I fall down. I need someone to be there and just say, I'm going to be right here. Proverbs 18, 24 says, a man who, friends, who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We need people in our lives. We need people in our lives. As I draw to a close, it's interesting, the term solitary confinement. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's often used in, in prisons as a way to further discipline an unruly or a dangerous inmate. Solitary confinement. They throw them by themselves. They put them in a place by themselves with Without the ability to connect with other people. Without the ability to be able to have people to just do life with. Without having people to be able to talk to. Solitary confinement. In a study covering the effects of this, the American Psychological Association reported this. That deprived of normal human interaction... Many segregated prisoners reportedly 
suffered from mental health problems, including anxiety, panic, insomnia, paranoia, aggression, and depression. Solitary confinement. The article goes on to say evidence of these effects come as no surprise because it borders on being common sense. But it's common sense with a lot of empirical research that supports it. Because the reality is that so much of what we do and who we are is rooted in a social context. You were not made to live life alone. So much of what we do and who we are is rooted in a social context. In circles. In circles. You don't need research and studies to understand the negative effects of being alone are severe. Can you think about that for a moment? We use solitary confinement in this country to discipline criminals. But yet, many of us are voluntarily choosing this for our own selves. Lord, help us. Why have so many of us willingly chosen lives of isolation, cut off from others? Nope, I'm not going to let you in. I understand that some of us are tainted by bad relationships, by friends that turn their backs on us. But we can learn to love again. We are not intended for that. What mental, what physical, what emotional and spiritual benefits are we missing out on by isolating ourselves? What are we missing out on? I hope you can understand where my heart is right now, that I love you enough, that that I care for you, that I want you to be in a circle where you are prayed for, that you're covered, that you're loved, that you're supported, because we need each other. 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 You're not in this by yourself. We're here with you. I know you may have just come in for the first time, but we're here to embrace you and we're here to love you and we're here to tell you, if you have a need, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to be there for you. Don't walk alone. I pray that the Holy Spirit is convicting you right now and challenging you to come out of your, of your comfort zone to be able to live the life that he created you to be. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 tells us that in the early days when the church started, they started and they devoted themselves to the reading of the word, to fellowship, being connected, and to the breaking of bread. That's why we love food so much here. To but those are important, and I'll end, in, I'll end with this and just putting it in a very practical way. 
How many of you remember the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks? He's on an island all by himself, isolated. And it shows in a very sad way the need that we have for each other. Cut off from all communication, cut off from all other people. What does he do? He takes a volleyball. And that's how Wilson is born. And we can smile and laugh about it, but the truth is that there is something there. That we weren't meant to be on an island on our own, even Tom Hanks needed Wilson. Now, I'm not, I am not recommending or suggesting that you go home and draw yourself, you know, a volleyball. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that there's people here that you can connect with that, that can love on you that can celebrate with you, that can cry with you, that can be with you through the thick and thin, that you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to go through it alone, but you weren't designed to go through it alone. We're here for each other. We're stronger together. We're stronger together. Don't walk alone. Don't walk alone. It's easier. It's more convenient. I'll just sit back and watch Netflix all day. It's okay. Don't bother me. It's easier. It's more convenient. But don't walk alone. We need each other. Father, I thank you today for your word that encourages us, that challenges that brings life, that brings hope, that brings perspective. God, that you would help us surround ourselves with faith-filled people. But that we would also be that person. That we would be life-giving, faith-speaking, spirit-led people that are here to encourage each other to challenge each other, to grow alongside each other, that we would not go through life alone. God, right now every wall that has been up, I just pray that you would work through that. Every, every excuse that has been made, every barrier, every obstacle, everything, God, every past offense, God, that we would put an end to that and that we would right now Maximize the power of relationships as you have intended us to do. God, help us, surround us. And I pray again that you would let us be that friend. That we would show your love, your goodness, your grace, your power, your mercy, your love in everything that we do. That you would be lifted up at every moment and at every turn. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and while you have a need in your life, emotionally, physically, mentally speaking, 
but there's a greater need and and you realize it you're carrying your shame and you're carrying your guilt you're carrying a burden that was never intended for you to carry and like the man in the the story Jesus stands at the door he knocks he, he is ready to forgive your sins but the question is will you let him in and if you feel God tugging at your heart today in this moment as every eye is closed and you say today is the day that I give my life to Jesus I, I want to start new I want him to wipe the slate clean I want to start on a brand new sheet of paper, whatever that is for you, and you say, today is the day, I just want to invite you right where you're at. Would you raise your hand just as, as a sign of surrender? You don't have to come to the front. You don't have to stand to your feet. I see you. I see you. Hands going up right now. He stands at the door and he knocks and he says, if anyone would hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and dine with him and him with me. So right now we believe, we truly believe that no one should do life alone. So we invite, I invite everyone at the sound of my voice to pray with me this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for the gift of salvation. I open my heart. I invite you in. I give you my shame. I give you my guilt. Be the Lord of my life. And let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we clap our hands to Jesus for everyone that accepted him this morning? God bless you. God bless you.